Welcome to and Almost Starring, the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amazing Amy Jo Jackson. And happy Valentine's Day. We're looking at Gone Girl. For better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring. Amy Jo, how are you doing today? Jeff. I just got up off an acupressure mat. I'm feeling like planet zen, baby. How are you? I'm glad to hear that. I am doing okay. (laughs) I couldn't decide. Valentine's Day, we do have like almost a full week away, but it was like, do I want to do this? Do we want to do this before Valentine's Day or like right after Valentine's Day? It's like, we got to, we're building up to it. Got to build up to the big day. You sure do. And uh, yes, of course, we, (laughs) being a married couple, have still chosen Gone Girl girl to do for valentine's day because it kind of it entertains us look i i'm a firm believer in valentine's Mm. day oh valentine's day which this feels like it fits the bill for that or or in like you know a dark vision of valentine's day i've never never gotten the appeal since a small child i liked I like decorating boxes, so mm-hmm. I love being like, here is my box. I will decorate, and then I will get my Care Bear or whatever <laughs> Valentine's at the grocery store, and I will pass them out to my classmates to show them I care. Um, and then after that, it's just all downhill. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I'm thrilled that we don't do anything for it, but I'm thrilled that this right. year we've yeah. decided to <laughs> foist Gone Girl upon the peoples. So enjoy. Gone Girl is a mystery thriller that came out on October 3rd, 2014 and was directed by David Fincher and written by Gillian Flynn. Amy Jo, what is your experience with Gone Girl? Had you seen it before? I had seen it once before, um, I think like 2017. Um, And I had read the book a couple of years before that. Funnily enough, when I I was doing The Little Mermaid um, and at the actor housing, they had like a bookshelf of like, take a book, leave a book. And because I was playing Ursula, I was basically not called the entire first week of rehearsals because Ursula is in no dance numbers because... You can't move in an octopus costume. So it's like, oh, I'll read this. I've heard it's good. But of course, I'm in an unfamiliar place. I know no one. I'm alone all day. And I'm reading Gone Girl <laughs> deep into the night. Um, and then, yes, and I've seen the film one time. Well, well two times now. Well, Because yes, we've watched two, down to the bottom. Oh, I see. I yes, see. prior, prior. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And yes, I saw it the one time in theaters and uh, was one and Nick Dunn. But I <laughs> uh, was so excited to revisit it because I really dug it. I've always liked David Fincher and now I'm finally really realizing how bleak his worldview appears to For be from sure. every one of his films. I also just rewatched Alien 3, which I'd only seen once before. And that is a hilariously terrible film. I know they got yanked out of his grasp. Um, the studio kind of did a hack job but even i can't imagine that film is just so depressingly bleak uh you described it to me and i was like that's enough for me (laughs) don't even keep describing this so i won't instead i will describe the film we're doing today spoilers ahead if you have not seen gone girl or haven't seen it in a while here's a brief ish synopsis on their fifth wedding anniversary, writing teacher Nick Dunn returns home to find his wife, Amy, missing. Detective Rhonda Boney finds poorly concealed evidence of a struggle in the house, and a suspicion mounts around Nick, whose apathy is interpreted by the media as characteristic of a sociopath. We see in flashbacks how Amy and Nick first met and fell in love in New York, and then how their marriage disintegrated over time, both losing their jobs in the recession and moving to Nick's hometown in Missouri. I will say it seems to happen in like one day. Like, it goes from, like, we're doing great to, like, we're not so great. And now you're just 
buying video games and eating ice cream on the couch and that's it. I just wanted to shoot some things. The marriage is over. Got a laptop for the laptop. Yeah, well, I mean, you... I mean, I get are pieced it. out. You're getting, I mean, it's also, which we'll yes, get into how many of these are real, but we get, yeah, quinoa as a fish. You get, I, this is, I, I really like this film, despite the fact that I think there are chunks of it that just don't work at all. All this stuff at the beginning of these flashbacks of Ben Affleck being like, yeah, like, so who are you here at the party with? You got the uh, the Amish there on Rum Springer. We got uh, this, like, uh, beat, like uh, hipster guy with making iron. He's just got such a little, he's so quippy, and he's not i was like wait so these early parts of these diary entries and these flashbacks are supposed to be ostensibly real whereas like because quinoa quinoa, he thinks quinoa's a fish that we know that so that seems to be true in the scene scene where he proposes she says she says like the early stuff was real and it's vital so he was that like which if someone came up to me at a party (laughs) and i'm like what like 28 or 29 i would hate that i'd be like excuse me i was talking to people i know and not you who have now well thankfully you also share you don't you there are many other qualities that you don't share with amy that's so true (laughs) amazing amy you're correct so maybe but if you were this type of person that would be the kind of guy that would draw you in you're always looking for someone to be like you wouldn't like the days of parties if you say you've gone to a party it would be nice to meet interesting people at oh, that course. party and be like i made a friend or if oh i love like, meeting boring people i love meeting just drab just dull uninteresting people dim lights because then i can feel like i'm interesting in comparison yeah but what i'm saying is like if you're like young single ready to mingle mm-hmm. like you want someone oh, should sure. be like oh wow this is an interesting person but this is not it this this feel this writing is like we got to do this part quickly so we can spend yeah. time doing other stuff right i mean i think it gets across what it needs to get across it sure but it's does. such a like i don't know it, it was just it's just too, it's just so jokey and so quippy um i was just happy to get through Correct. those flashbacks uh and then yeah well although i did love once you see the marriage disintegrating and she's just like he would just use me for sex and nothing else and you see them having like awkward like sex against a wall and then he just kind of away and it's like we should go to outback that was <laughs> that was perfect what did you say we were watching? You're like, yeah, it's just oh, half he, like improvising. Yeah. Uh... They, they probably said, they probably edited out Fincher yelling cut. And then it was just Affleck thinking they were done for the day. We're like, hey, everyone, treat, Outback on me. Outback. Uh, so the loser jobs are in the recession. They moved to Nick's hometown of Missouri uh, to help take care of Nick's mom, who is dying of cancer. And there, after she passes away, Nick become, we see him become lazy and distant and begin cheating on Amy with Andy, one of his students, while Amy becomes increasingly resentful towards Nick for making her move with him to Missouri, having loved her life in New York City. A forensic analysis of the house uncovers cleaned bloodstains, indicating a probable murder. Bon- Luminal, Luminal, baby. baby. Bony unearths evidence of financial troubles, domestic disputes, and Amy's recent willingness to purchase a gun. I get it now. She's like a dog with a bone. She's oh. not going to let that bone go, that detective bony. bony. Medical reports indicate that Amy is pregnant, which Nick denies knowing. Uh, we have oh, some great way, Casey Wilson sorry. as this pregnant neighbor. Yes, the way that that comes out. <laughs> the, the, he's actually doing a good job at the vigil, like yeah. giving – like talking about her shoes comes in what did you do to your wife nick what did you do what to your, your pregnant, pregnant wife and then he just and he's just like I, which uh, was uh, well he goes to amy's parents like uh did you want to say anything if which you is, want to say anything 
and walks off. And then he like jumps correctly off the gazebo. Charging. (laughs) I mean, all of that works so beautifully in this film. The whole, the relation to like the tabloids and to the media, which I think is also why Ben Affleck is such a great Uh pick. uh Uh, Even though it's so on the nose, it's like, I think David Fincher said, it's like, you know, just because you're perfect for a role doesn't mean you should take it. Like it was really like, are you going to be okay with how much of this is going to, people are going to map onto you. you? Exactly, exactly. But I think it works so, so, so well with him. So yes, Nick denies knowing that she was pregnant. And as Nick follows the clues to Amy's treasure hunt that she designs each year for their anniversary, he is led to his twin sister Margot's woodshed, which is now filled with tons of expensive items that the police found charged to his credit cards. Meanwhile, Boney finds Amy's diary partially burned, where we're getting all these flashbacks from, where she's like, my husband's going to kill me, which is like the last entry. And what is it? It's just like, oh, that's a convenient, like, final entry. Yeah, no, she, she uh, when she's questioning, she's like, what do you, you know, what do you have to say about that? He goes, I'd say it's a convenient end note. Yeah. <laughs> it could be an end note, exactly. Also, I mean, that's the thing. This movie is so funny. Despite the fact that it's oh, yeah. so effed up. But that, like, with Bo- with Boney just being like, oh, look at that. We found our first clue. And just holding up this envelope that says clue number one for the scavenger hunt. It's so, so good. Uh, it is then that Amy is revealed to be alive and well, having gone into hiding in a campground in the Ozarks. I'm so much happier now that I'm dead. <laughs> Upon discovering Nick's affair, well, I mean, I'd be so much happier if I was munching on those Kit Kats and giant burgers and fries. Yeah, when you're like, I've been starving myself for, uh, yeah. you know, however long, and now I'm just gonna, gonna house creme brulee after In creme brulee. In this, like, incredible, like, four-minute monologue that she has. Yeah. I mean, it's all voiceover, but it's still a great, great, like, voiceover monologue of her going through this entire plan. So upon discovering Nick's affair, she concocted an elaborate plan to punish him by framing him for her murder. She fabricated a long-standing diary that was accurate in its early entries, but later evolved into false accounts. And and while she's doing this video and we're seeing that happening, she's also driving down the highway, chucking out the oh, pens one pen. by one yeah. that we have seen her writing with as she's making these diary entries throughout however long this takes her. It's so it's such a nice touch where you're like, oh my gosh, she yeah. bought all these different pens so that she could do it in different inks. So it would this look one like pen with a little pens. stork on top. Yes, but so also good. then it's like, because she has a... A uh, real touch of the poet in her, um, but also just like, what if someone sees her buying this little store? Just like really thinking right. to like what that's going to reflect on her when people are asked questions about her later. Yeah, it's just great. All those little details that like you don't have to draw attention to. They're just there of her always like mm-hmm. bringing her trash with her. Of Like she's cutting her hair in a little bathroom and just keep putting the hair in a plastic bag to then bring with her mm-hmm. and then cleaning like the floor of this grody gas station bathroom just each and every step like so methodical uh that you're just watching her do and it's delight i love that i love seeing like smart characters go through like a montage of like they do that a lot on like uh the character mike on better call saul and in breaking bad but especially better call saul of him like let's just watch a five minute montage of him like trying to find a trait like a tracking device in a car and with no dialogue just like open all the seats go through like dismantle this car to try to find this like tracking device and just like so methodical where you're like and i don't think at the moment you even knew what he was doing you just like know that you're like well this is important to the character they know what they're doing and so i am interested yes because you are trusting your audience enough to just watch and try to gather all those little details and know like mumbling i'm thinking of like bruce willis in die hard being like oh john you better do this john which is fine but this yeah there's don't more... forget your hair amy <laughs> Wish drive you hadn't taken the, off your drive shoes, out to the ozarks john. have a few laughs 
play some golf with some weird with some hillbillies. Don't forget your hair, Amy. <laughs> well, to be fair, Bruce Willis really should have told himself, "Don't forget your hair, John." <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> Amy is all these false accounts of spousal violence from Nick and her increasing fear of him. She befriended a pregnant neighbor, told her fake stories about Nick's temper. The local idiot. The I local she calls idiot. Her. Oh, absolutely. Just with her friend, a local idiot. <laughs> and then st- steals her urine yeah they're, they're like it's not it's not hard for someone to get pregnant though it is hard to fake a pregnancy just all these little steps it's so good steals her urine to fake the pregnancy results all while hiding their friendship from nick then she planted corroborating evidence of nick's guilt in the clue spots for the treasure hunt for the police to find splattered her own blood across the kitchen and cleaned it haphazardly and she anticipated that Nick would be convicted and executed for her murder and contemplated committing suicide after his conviction. Not contemplated. That was the initial was the plan. plan. True. And there's that great shot of her like half, like half oh, like sort half of rotted. Fit with a fish just, going like, around her. sinking yeah. down. Again, poetic. Dramatic? Yes. Yeah. Poetic? Absolutely. <laughs> well, that's just all her calendar that she has with her with oh, all the little yeah. post-its. The but she, notes. she has like on multiple like months, it seemed, of like kill, kill self, self, question mark, kill self. So it was, it did seem, which I thought that was such an interesting touch. Like, I don't know if I'm just reading more into that of like, of her pushing back because she ultimately didn't actually want to die, that it just seemed like yeah. in the moment. If I recall from the book, I think it was a hard initial plan that mm. she then began to like call into question. Um, yeah. But, you know, they don't. They don't take the time to like do that in the movie because I don't think you really need it. You get the idea that she's like, this totally. is the plan. This is my vision. Yeah. And actually maybe, no, no, I don't want to do that. But I think that's so fascinating from a psychological standpoint to remember that this was a character whose initial plan wasn't just to have him framed for her murder and then she would go off and live her life in, an, in, in another country. She was planning to commit suicide well because she also knows that like a no body case mm. is incredibly difficult to convict on certainly death penalty even if they have it in the state like True. they're 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 really difficult the evidence has to be really clear which she's made quite obvious yes. but still it's like if you want to seal the deal you need the body yeah but to hate someone enough yes to kill yourself uh, yes, yes, to yes, have yes, them yes, yes. go to jail for yes, your yes, murder yes 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 uh, Nick deduces Amy's plan and convinces Margot of his innocence. He flies to New York and meets Tanner Bolt, a lawyer known for representing men accused of killing what their wives. What a great name. <laughs> Tanner Bolt. It is such a good name. He is That is an action star name. Tanner mm-hmm. Bolt in Got Nothing. <laughs> Tanner Bolt in Got Nothing <laughs> to prove. Tanner Bolt's in Got Nothing to Prove. Uh, but your innocence. <laughs> he's got. That's the tagline of the Tanner Bullet. He's got nothing to prove, but your innocence. Yeah, there's an ellipsis in there for sure. I would totally dig a spinoff TV series of Tyler Perry as Tanner Bolt, yeah. just like as as this like high profile lawyer with these big cases. Mm-hmm. He's got nothing to prove, but your innocence. Yeah, that's a great tagline. Hey, you know, I'm I'm here every episode, so. <laughs> and thankfully so. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm talking to myself. <laughs> Nick approaches Amy's ex-boyfriend, the wealthy Desi Collings, against whom Amy previously filed a restraining order, but Desi turns him away, refusing to share any details. Uh, When Amy's campground neighbors rob her of her money, she calls Desi for help, convincing him that she fled from Nick's abuse. He agrees to hide her in his lake house. I think it helps that they legit like beat her up a little bit like True. so she had like whacked herself in the side of a face with a with a hammer a just hammer, to like yeah. give her a little shine but that they then also roughed her up some so it's like she does look 
a mess. Yeah, that one, the woman was like, and I don't, like, you, you, you say your name's Nancy, or is it Nancy? Yeah. Yeah, you say your name's Nancy, but you never, you don't answer to it half the time, and I don't believe you've actually ever been hit at all. And he just pushes her into a wall, and it's like, bugah. Mm-hmm. That is also why this film is like, works so well, because you've got your main character, Nick, who you enjoy just enough seeing him go through the ringer, because he is oh, a yes. piece of crap husband. And then Amy, who is a sociopath, and you are actually you know you I, i'm waffling where i'm like i don't want to see her like roughed up even though i'm like oh you are a it does sociopath. it does the norman bates thing of ooh, like yeah. you're like ooh, oh my gosh i can't believe you did that and then it's like oh i hope that car sinks into the mud right. like i don't yeah. want him to get caught wait who am i rooting for here totally. but yeah you're like ooh, hide the money from these people these people are gonna rob you i know that it's lock like, do, is it, worth yeah, nothing stop, stop doing your little uh little bell bell kicks <laughs> when dropping your money belt you dumb yeah, dumb yeah 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 just because you got a hole in one. Why didn't and she get a better quality money belt, like to start with? I don't know. Like that's a good question. That thing is like a fanny pack with a clasp worth nothing. You know? Yeah, I, I got nothing. She just she done goofed. She, she done, done goofed, goofed my guy. We can all agree. After Andy reveals their affair at a press conference, Nick appears on a talk show, professing his innocence and apologizing for his failures as a husband in the hope of luring Amy back home. Wearing a tie she bought him, mm-hmm. a watch she bought, she bought him. Margo's like, you hate that watch. She's like, no, I don't. I love this watch. Just like my, I love just my like wife. I love this tie. <laughs> just, like- just like I love my wife. And it's like, oh, yes. Okay, you do. You do know her. You do know what you're like. To, then it becomes very exciting watching him like gained some control over it yeah. now that he like knows well, what to you do you kind of need it because he's our protagonist but like yeah. that's the only in terms of what he actually does because otherwise it's just amy deciding i'm just gonna right. change my plans and go back to you it's like this is that's the main thing that this character actually does in terms of being a yeah you know an active protagonist um and I love how they set it up where it's like you write the they build up right to the moment where the interview is about to start and then they just cut. And it's Margot, his sisters, being like, you nailed it. You crushed you it. And then just getting to see it from Amy's perspective where yeah. she's just housing some creme brulee. And then, so and, then and then Desi's creme brulee. And then he gets <laughs> – I love that he – I mean he gets mad for so many reasons. But it's fun to imagine that Neil Patrick Harris is just mad because it's like, well, now you're just eating my dessert. Well, it's also because he's implying that she's oh, yeah. fat now. He sure is. She's not blonde. Yeah. She looks unsophisticated. She hasn't some plucked her dye. eyebrows. I got you some makeup. I I'm, got you some now razors. Now, look, I'm sorry. How, she's been missing before she goes and sees him, like, how, A few days. Uh, like. I think it's only been, like, four or five days. It hasn't been days. very long, right? right? Her brows haven't suddenly grown into bushes by that time. Like, he says, like, uh, you know, some tweezers. And I'm just like, wait, there's no way. I mean, she could have filled them in with makeup if she wanted to look less kempt. But, like, mm. that sleek brow that she's had isn't, like, <laughs> you're not suddenly, like, changing the shape of your eyebrows in four days by un- by just not tending to them. I thought that was a little, like, okay. No, he just has no idea how anything works. So he just assumed that, like, you, like, pluck your legs, pluck your armpits. He's no clue. He's just a big dummy. He probably, he just lives in that lake house. I don't think he understands how people work. No, he but looks I, like he's had no human I interaction for years. I do think they years. costumed her that way, too, where they did have her brows made a little thicker, maybe, when just oh. to try and make her face yeah. look a little different, so that then when it cuts back to her and she, her hair's a little bit shorter and she's got the blonde, like, sleek bob again, right. her face looks different and it is partially the brow and she's wearing eye makeup, but it's, it's like that really pencil thin brow i just i just was like wait how long how long has she been gone what 
Is this how nature works? Is she part werewolf? Is she just oh, growing hair too quickly? That's, that's how amazing Amy is. Gone She's werewolf. werewolf. Gone werewolf. I've gone werewolf. <laughs> so the interview airs shortly before the treasure hunt clues cause Nick to be arrested for murder. However, his performance rekindles Amy's feelings for him and modifies her plans. She uses Desi's surveillance cameras to help make it appear that Desi has kidnapped and raped her. She seduces Desi, murders him with a box cutter, and returns home covered in his blood, clearing Nick of suspicion. I mean, it's a dramatic re-entrance there where she's like in the car and they're like, is that Amy? It is. It is Amy. I, all this, the loop group of oh, all so, these people in the background all throughout the film is delightful. It, it, and especially when, love you have, you, Amy. when you have the subtitles on. Oh, yeah. Like, I was just like, subtitles, I don't need, I don't need you to feature the loop group. I thank you. <laughs> But, um... Oh, no, I won. I love it. Every <laughs> single moment. Every single moment of just like, Amy? Amy? Is that Amy? We love Amy! Amy! Look at me, Amy! Over here! But then she's like, you know, looks like... Well, that scene where she kills him feels very like like a Japanese horror film type thing. Like just the slasher. Like Everything the... is like so pure and white. The sheet, the whole bedroom, all the sheets. She, she's dressed in like white brown underwear. And yeah. He's got like very like light, light colored clothes pointedly. So to contrast the blood, but the blood look vivid, but it's like, it's such a well staged scene. It's like very shocking. And then all those like the blackout, like edits that they do, like the flashes of black after she like cuts his throat. It's like, that's what it was too. It's like the, the way mm. that it was stylized, not just like the, the, not just the shots themselves, but then the way in which they're kind of almost like a heartbeat, like in and out, like, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. That's a great way of describing. Oh, that, that's probably it. It's just replicating like the heart. The heartbeat, mm-hmm. like freaking out. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, apparently, which I just like this trivia, Rosamund Pike used a Dora the Explorer doll to practice her sex scene with Neil Patrick Harris. Oh. I don't know if it was just whamming Dora, two doors together, or Dora and, I don't know, a Bob the Builder or something. Or No, I bet with her. Like, she's trying to practice positioning, I would think. Like, don't you think? I assumed it was showing, like, okay, here's what the dolls are. Here's, like, showing the action with the dolls. You think it was just her mounting a door the Explorer yes, I do. doll? I definitely do. Well, How big of a doll is this? Is big... this, like, a My Size Barbie? It must be. It well, must I don't be. know about that. I think that she – what use as an actor is it playing Barbie if you're, like, now how, where am I going to put Patrick my legs? Harris. Like, okay, so this is what we're going to do. Before you're, like, okay, now okay. let's get up in each other's business. In my mind, I hear that. And I see her trying to figure out mechanically what's going to happen. Sure. With her own limbs. Sure. I like the idea that like, okay, well, I've got Neil Patrick Harris. What is the equivalent in a doll? Oh, a Dora, Dora the, the Explorer. Explorer. Dora the Explorer. <laughs> I think we all can agree. And Neil Patrick Harris as Dora the Explorer. Uh, <laughs> from new jersey uh yeah she's just exploring the turnpike uh okay so when <laughs> oh i gotta explore the nj turnpike for clues it's gorgeous <laughs> is that a clue nope it's a Coors light can on the side of the turnpike uh when bony probes into the holes in her story amy chastises her as incompetent the fbi sides with amy forcing bony to back down now this is another thing that i was like amy when when so she's in the hospital room and she's like giving the tragic account of her story and and Bonnie's like but wait what about this what about this Amy finally turns on Bonnie and she's just like if this were still in your incompetent hands I would still be trapped blah 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 and it's like that had nothing to do with anyone you did that like it wouldn't matter the FBI didn't find you 
like the Tanner Bolt Secret Service guys didn't find you. The police didn't find you. The only reason you're not there is because you killed this man. Like even in the the fiction of the story she's created, because because she took an opportunity and like you know uh, in self true. defense that, according to her is, story. That's very true. So yeah. I was like, how is that logical? Well, considering that she's a lying sociopath and she's on heavy painkillers, I will excuse the fact that her yes, argument doesn't hold water. But it makes no sense for anyone else in the room to be like, no. Well, in the fantasy of this movie, I think it's just, you know, she's still covered in blood. Well, for sure. And they're all, all these men are just like, oh, this woman is saying she was raped, so we immediately believe her. So, you know, the movie's fantasy. Oh, so we immediately <laughs> believe her. So shut up, you well, woman that maybe is we doubting her. her. Also because she is is stunning. A white, beautiful, a, a white, a beautiful, blonde, white thin woman. woman. Uh, yeah, of, of, of a certain class. Of a certain uh, class yeah. level. Uh, and a perceived sophistication. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. and she was from New York. Oh, that's even more tragic. Ooh. Well, I don't know. In the mid, like in in this like part True. of the country, it kind of can go either that's, way. That's a good point. Yeah. Like, oh. Well, in terms of other parts of the country being like, yes. Oh, she wrote those for those magazines. I took those quizzes. I took her her relationship. I read quizzes. Amazing Amy growing up, and I read Amazing Amy yeah. growing up. Exactly. All these different like things. Yeah. Uh, to latch onto. Uh, I, I I love that detail that like her parents. Her parents wrote a best-selling series of children's book based uh-huh. on her that are always, like, better. Exaggerations. Better, exa- yeah, better versions of her. It's the most waspy, passive-aggressive thing possible. <laughs> it's like, now, honey, it would be really nice if you had kept on with the cello, but that's all right. Our imaginary daughter will do that instead. Oh, my God, yeah. And then we'll still trot you out to, for press events. Like, it's so... It's just, like, zenith waspy behavior yeah yeah it's great the the, the couple playing the parents are fantastic. Oh, fantastic they're so good uh so amy tells nick the truth and admits to desi's murder saying that the man she watched pleading for her return on tv is the man she wants him to become again nick shares this with boney bolt and Margot, but they have no evidence of her guilt nick intends to leave amy but she reveals she is pregnant had herself with nick's sperm stored at a fertility clinic nick reacts violently to amy's insistence that they remain married but feels responsible for the child and despite Margot's objections, he reluctantly decides to stay with Amy. And the happy couple announces on television that they are expecting a on child. Whatever uh, the Nancy Grace character is, like she comes to their house. And, yes, I and, forget like, the name of the character, but forget. Missy Pyle crushing, oh, crushing, so, so funny is this Nancy. When she shows up, like Ben Affleck is like, you know, you implied that I had carnal relations with my twin sisters. Like I, I never use the I word, and she's just like, I, I just I, said I, y'all were close. I just said y'all were close. She's like, okay, okay, let's uh, like here's a peace offering. I got you a robot cat. No, she goes, Icebreaker. Icebreaker. You're right, Icebreaker. And then she pulls out a little robot cat. She goes, to go with your robot dog. Go with your robot dog. Just one of these, like, high-profile items that Amy bought to put on his credit card, which is uh, the best one. It's so funny. I love the shot of the cops when they find the yes. stuff. They're just trying out this robot dog. It's They're like, so... hey, look at a mark. It also feels, like, so human. Like, of course, these, like, Midwest cops are like, okay, we need to secure the scene. But first, I got to try, try this, this dog. dog. Come on. This is my dream. <laughs> Uh, the casting director of Gone Girl was Lorraine Mayfield. Mayfield, an Emmy winner for casting House of Cards, is a longtime collaborator with Fincher, her first on-screen credit being casting Fight Club and going on to cast such projects as Zodiac, The Social Network, and Mindhunter. And in terms of non-Fincher projects, she's cast The Incredible Hulk and worked as casting director on a ton of episodes of Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage. 
So let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast. Some of these people may have auditioned, some may have just been discussed by casting. This is all a little subjective. And as always, I've looked up all the actors in advance, and Amy Jo is hearing it along with you, listener, for the very first time. I don't know nothing. <laughs> so let's kick it off with Nick Dunn. Amy Jo, your thoughts on Ben Affleck, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? We've already touched on it a bit, but this is... In a very different way than like casting Leonardo DiCaprio as Romeo in 1997 or whenever that was. Like eight. 96. 96. Nailed it. Um, <laughs> but in a different in a different way, but similar to that, like this is the perfect actor to cast in this role at the time at which they made this film. Like, Absolutely. Like I have other ideas, but if you're like, who is the who's the best fit for this? It feels as though like Gillian Flynn wrote the book imagining Ben Affleck playing his part in the movie, yeah. you know? Um, and I, I know that this is obviously like inspired by the Scott and Lisa Peterson case um, in which there was a body, but th- like he also kind of like has a similar vibe to Scott Peterson, you know, it like really mm. works on all of those levels on our cultural familiarity with Ben Affleck. And then he just like acts it really well. He does a great job of playing this schlub guy who then knows how to like turn it on when he needs to, which is very useful for this character. Yeah. I think it's such a well-nuanced performance. Like, oh, he's, in, he's wonderful. in in Because you're seeing like him filtered through Amy in like these fake mm-hmm, scenes. Mm-hmm. and But you're still like buying that. Because the first half you're like, oh. It still all feels these... cohesive. Right. But until like that twist where you're like, oh, Amy's still alive and saying like those diary entries were only true up to a point. I like you still buy it. Like the scene where he like shoves her into like a banister. It's like, it's not so over the mm-hmm. top that you're like, is that the same guy? You're like, no, I believe that that guy did. That's that. the guy who's like sleeping with his student on the couch. Yes. And his oh, sister's what an idiot. Living what an just like those idiot. scenes. I'll tell you, I took no, normally I'll take like a couple pages of notes during mm-hmm. a movie. I didn't realize till we finished this. I was like, I took no notes. <laughs> I mean, I'd seen it before. I've read the book. I know exactly what happens, but I was like, what? I must have watched, you know, but I'm just like sitting there like wanting to scream at the television. I think I did say quite a few things yeah. aloud about him. He makes so idiot. many perfectly terrible decisions. I mean, and that's, that's also Scott Peterson had a yeah. mistress that came forward. Like all the, uh, like, I'm, you're not a true crime buff. So you don't I'm know. I'm a fake crime buff. I like fake crime. Crime. I like fake crime too, babe. But you know, like this was a big deal when sure, it happened. Sure. Of course, so of course, it's of like it was. It was in every yeah. like magazine. It was like People magazine is like the cover of all of those things that you would see at the grocery register. You know yeah. that sort of thing. Anyway, so I have some other ideas, but like basically the important things I think are like you need a guy who is believably like kind of working class and and from the Midwest and someone that is charismatic. And and yet you would buy has this like edge of danger, but also I need to buy that, like he has a violent not a, maybe not a violent streak, but an anger issue maybe. But yeah. it's not, but it's not necessarily like you have to buy all the layers of the it's possibility. Such a specific. I mean, I think it really exemplifies uh, or is exemplified by the one uh, shot or scene where he's like speaking to the crowd. I think it's right before when she comes in, yeah. like, "What did you do with your pregnant wife?" When he is like. I am not, I just want to say, you know, like, I am not a murderer. I had nothing to do with my wife's disappearance. And it's like the two women and one goes, he's so hot. And the other goes, he is so creepy. Yeah. You need to like. Yes. You need to be able to buy to be, that. To buy both at the same moment. Exactly. From two different perspectives. Uh, That's yeah. such a great point. So again, hard being like, we have the perfect person in this role. 
I thought maybe, I mean, a lot of the people that I have for all of these parts are English <laughs> that I thought of. So, I mean, as is Rosalind sure. Pike. But um, so I thought maybe like a Johnny Lee Miller, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, it yeah. also has to be someone that's like attractive up to yeah. a point. But, you know, you could buy as not like a model type person, although he's, I don't know, I guess pretty attractive. I haven't seen him in that much. Um, then these you are slap two- some stubble on them yeah. and dress them not form fitting, and you're like, well, like Who's even, a even Affleck when you like see him getting into the shower, like he, like his back muscles are insane, but right. his like chest isn't like really where it's clearly like yeah. okay, they let him like have some beers and stuff and like pat out the old. He, he found out halfway through filming that he got cast as Batman, so there's like if you at different points in the film, you'll see him look noticeably more out of shape and then noticeably like more. You could see like there's a few, like two scenes specifically I forget where where his arms you could see like are pressing against the shirt sleeves and you're like oh yeah because now you're like oh it's gonna take so long to get in shape I gotta get in shape now I can't just keep drinking four dunk Dunkin' Donuts iced coffees a day I can't just be Burger Ben <laughs> I can't be Burger I want to be Burger Ben I'm obsessed with all these paparazzi photos of Ben Affleck oh carrying all his donkeys in. <laughs> All the donkeys. Also, yeah, you're right. It's great because it's like Ben Affleck is someone who, who we have just associated with relationship after relationship in the tabloids, which is like what this is also playing. Could you imagine if there was a moment in this film where he had like a big cardboard cutout of Amazing Amy and you see him like dragging that and chucking that in the garbage can like he did with Anna <laughs> the, de Armas' the cardboard cutout? foreshadowing. <laughs> no one would have seen that coming. Well, no one did really. That's just too funny. Yeah, That's that. I mean, I'm sorry. That is hilarious. What a great way to announce to the world that you've broken up with your partner is to throw a cardboard cutout of them in the garbage. Uh, I love it. I love it. Okay, so Johnny okay, Miller. Yes. Okay. Um, and then okay, I had two thoughts for a couple of guys that I feel like fit the bill, but are more. They always skew more comedic. Hmm. So it, it would be the kind of thing that I think both of them could probably actually do quite well. But like it would it would not be as natural a gimme as Affleck. And that would be Jason Sudeikis and Zachary Levi. Like they yeah. both have this kind mm-hmm. of like regular guy kind of feel. They, there's a touch of something about them that I think can read like a certain bit of slickness. That's what I mean. Like, do I? Do I trust this guy or not? It's the impetus to smile in front of a camera, despite and I think the fact that you should not be both smiling of them have that in front of exact thing. Which, missing wife. Yeah, exactly. Which I feel like is the is yeah. the main quality that is the most important because a lot of the other stuff, it's like okay, you can act that, but like right, that kind right, of thing, right. I need to be able to map onto you. Ooh, I like this guy. No, I find him disgusting at the same moment as as you yeah. pointed out. Someone who's like who's likable, a kind of a likable lunk. Who you can enjoy just enough seeing them go through the ringer. You don't want to see Ben Affleck die or go to jail at the end, but you certainly want to see him being like having his feet held to the fire. So you kind of need that. You kind of need that where it's like, otherwise, because I was thinking like more blue collar, someone who, whatever. I was like, but you can't have like a Mark Ruffalo because he's too likable. I don't want to see Mark Ruffalo for a moment being accused of murder. My heart is breaking already for my Mark Ruffalo. Sweet baby Marky. Sweet baby. That puppy dog Bark Ruffalo. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Likeable lunk where you're kind of like, you idiot. Like he's an idiot who should know better. You know, I feel like is a is a quality. I mean, I have some other people on the list, but those are the ones that I feel like are yeah. the most uh, leaning towards oh, absolutely. the right, it. the right, we're fishing in the right pond. Yeah. Fishing in the right pond uh and oh no that's dead amy alongside the fish where i'm trying to fish uh yeah i was like i kept thinking i was like are there any sitcom actors that could do this because that is like thinking of the like 
And I was like, if he could do it, which I don't think he could, but like imagining like a Matt LeBlanc where you're like, oh yeah, you yes. are the idiot that would be che- yes. having an affair and cheating on your wife while she's missing and going so long before you realize you're like, you should get a lawyer. You should be paying attention and not be just like, well, the wife that I wanted to divorce left. All right. Well, I guess I'll just bip and bop and boop for a few days and everything will turn out okay. And not realizing like, guy, you are in trouble. Right. She is diabolical. Yeah. So I don't actually think that Matt LeBlanc could do it. Of people but that that's I... a good type. That's a good right. kind of like, we need someone like this, but better at acting. Yeah. For me, I think if you couldn't get Ben Affleck, number one with the bullet, give me Bradley Cooper. Also someone that I think you can, he can easily read like, oh, I like Bradley Cooper, but he can also come across a little smarmy. He can come across a little I glib. Guess. He's done in certain roles. And you're like, you know what? I haven't, I yeah. haven't seen a lot of the stuff he's been Oscar nominated for. I've seen him actually in a lot of things, but I guess not, none of the stuff I've seen him in um, yeah. really like gives me that, that energy. But he's an excellent actor, so I believe he could do it. I think it is partially just this like our relationship to Ben Affleck as a human where we're mm-hmm. like, oh, oh, you dear, yeah. <laughs> you dear little thing. Um, he's not. He's never just really hit in terms of movies, but I, I was like, get me Michael C. Hall. Just, I mean, because it, it just plays oh. upon for me for Dexter, of course, but that kind of like, it's like the opposite, really. Because right. whereas in Dexter, he's a murderer who's no one suspects because he's so charming, opposed to just being like people suspect because he's charming in a mo- yeah. in moments where he shouldn't be. That's interesting. Just have, I mean, I only watched the first season of Six Feet Under. It was very good, but mm. I had trouble watching it by myself because sure. um, Funeral Homes freaked me out. I'm of sorry. Um, uh, but between that and what about, I saw him play Billy Flynn in Chicago many <laughs> moons ago and seeing some Dexter. So maybe, oh, I, so maybe he could be Tanner Bolt instead. He's I, just this that, hotshot lawyer. That come, feels, Tanner, Tyler Perry comes I'm in singing you, Razzle Dazzle. That feels more accurate to me. Like, sure, I mean, or I he could almost also is more the Desi role. I'm more I, by ooh. him as someone who is like, has an ominous note sure. that he can kind of, that you can overlook rather yeah. than this kind of like rumpled husband type. Sure, You know sure. what I mean? I could also see Timothy Oliphant. I, I really mm. I dig. Mm-hmm. Um, if this was made earlier, if this was made in let's say I don't know 1995, get me Matt Dillon thinking of To Die For. Oh, just yeah. I mean I'll just say off the bat of course, and then get me Nicole Kidman as Amy. Just pair them two of them together. And she's in on 1995 my list. Gargoyle. She's on my list. Um, or I was like if this was younger, if this was like 85, I could even see like young Travolta. Like young Travolta thinking of like young Michael Douglas. Young Michael in, Douglas is fantastic yeah. casting. He has exactly that note where you're like. Are your intentions good or are you the worst? Right. I feel like he is, yeah, young Michael Douglas, excellent choice. <laughs> Why, thank you so much. You're welcome. So Dave Fincher said, uh, listening to a bit of this Charlie Rose interview with him, uh, Gillian Flynn, Affleck, and Pike, he said, you need to have somebody who has great wit about the situations this guy finds himself in. Mm, that's true. That's where a lot of the humor comes from. Yeah. And apparently when it comes to casting roles, David Fincher typically goes on the internet to look through pictures of actors to help him find the right type of actor for the role. And so he spotted photos of Ben Affleck and noted a particular smile that Affleck had on dozens <laughs> of pictures. And he said it captured a particular emotion in a scene of Nick Dunn smiling that showcased the essence of the character, uh, which I assume is, of course, it's just like in front of the cameras and it's just like grim face, grim face. My and then suddenly, eyes are a little dead. Smile. But I'm giving you the I'm giving you the smile you want. Yeah. That and that when that one woman is like, I'm gonna bake you a casserole. I was like, can we take a picture? It's like, sure. And he just, he just 
it, it it's a go-to smile. It's like, oh, I'm taking a picture of someone. I'm being polite. Oh, I have definitely smiled sometimes when it's, you know, someone's like, we're taking a picture. And then later I'm like, that was not a situation in which I was feeling like smiling or even maybe it was appropriate mm. to be smiling. But right, it was like right. when you're posing for a picture, especially as actors, we are so conditioned, you know, to be like, all right. Turn it on. You I know. know. Yeah. And What's so, the hashtag for this? This, fo- this you know hashtag miss- <laughs> missing Amy or find amazing the website Amy. find amazing Amy dot com. Mm-hmm. That's great. Uh, apparently, Ben Affleck postponed directing uh, the movie Live by Night in order to be able to work on this film because originally he just was not free. And they uh, in this Charlie Rose interview, Fincher and Gillian were both saying like, if only Affleck were free because he really is perfect. the perfect casting, and he wanted to work with david fincher so much he was like i will push the movie i'm directing wow. back so i can work with fincher which door. i mean i i think anyone would especially if you haven't had a chance to yet he's such an acclaimed director uh so <laughs> affleck says he's the only director i've met who can do everybody else's job better than they could so on set one day affleck changed the lens setting on a camera and almost indiscernible amount betting a crew member that fincher wouldn't notice and Affleck lost the bet as Fincher brought up, why does the camera look a little dim? Like, just like de- by degrees, just that. the most minute. I love it. I think that's incredible. We did that to my high school drama teacher once because he was very, just very specific about like where everything went. And so someone, we were in like a lunch period and he he like was out of the room. We moved everything on his desk over, I kid you not, like a quarter of an inch. Everything. <laughs> so it was like perfectly moved, but just slightly, just barely. He, come, he comes back in and he looks at the desk and he just looks at it kind of quizzically and just starts shifting everything back. And we're all like, whoa. Wow. <laughs> That's uh, just the power of perception. Uh, so of actors who were considered for Nick Dunn right off the bat, Brad Pitt, which I mean, I, it's, it's Fincher. So I feel like by he, by default, he had to because they've seven fight. Club, right. I was thinking curious, seven. Yeah. Case of Benjamin Button. Yeah. Which I like. I, I, I don't hate it, but yeah. I don't love it. Same. I wonder if it was like a slightly younger Brad Pitt, if this was like a movie being made in more of the early aughts. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, Brad Pitt's now in his like his 50s. And it's like, and I mean, at this the time is... of this film, he'd be like probably late 40s. And this is not a late 40s storyline. No. Already Ben Affleck is a little old for it because yeah. he was worried because he's supposed to be twins with Carrie Coon, who's nine right. years younger than him. So he decided to play it like he was 30, which I think I think helps. works. And also, I, I didn't wasn't so bothered by it because especially for like a guy who has that kind of job in New York. Yeah. There's going to be there's often a prolonged adolescence. Oh, sure. You know, and and just kind of especially like, you know, in New York people wait a lot longer before they're like, "Let's actually take the step of getting married." And a guy like that I could see also being like he him being like I think he is actually like 5 or 6 years older than than Rosamund Pike, but like I could see that also working quite well. But yeah, Ben Affleck is you're saying? Yes. Oh, I wouldn't be. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm she was. Positive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I think Rosamund Pike was like, I think she was like something like 22 in that Bond film she did, and that was like oh, yeah. 2002. She was born in 79. He was born in 72. Okay, so, there, you, there go. you go. Yeah. And for me, Brad Pitt, he's not lunk enough. I need more of a no. lunk. He's also just like there's a good natured quality to him, mm. which Ben Affleck. There's just something like not sour, but just a little like there's a grimace. I mean, looking at all the interviews of him 
for those Batman when he's playing Batman when you see his soul is dead inside uh as he's just like I'm why did I do this to myself why did I mm-hmm. after Daredevil I said I never do it again and now I'm playing Here Batman and you see I mean people would edit it with that like hello darkness my old friend <laughs> over it but you see like him like trying to like put pushing the stone up the mountain just being like trying to say have anything good to say while he's dead behind the eyes and that's what you get as Nick where he's like having yeah. to talk about this wife who he can't stand and who he wanted to divorce and trying to be like yep she's missing all right she's my gosh, soulmate I, gosh she's i wish she was here right. <laughs> sorry that just hit me she sure is she missing sure is missing. well the thing is i think affleck is a really good actor but he's someone who it's like now that he's directing I'm like that makes more sense for you temperamentally. And I think Affleck's really good in the stuff he directs himself in. I think he's really good in the... I think he's pretty good in Argo. I think he's really good in The Town. I did not see Live by Night. Uh, in terms of he was not in his first movie he directed, Gone Baby Gone, which is also a really good film. I think he's a really good director. Mm-hmm. And I think he's hit or miss as an actor. I think he's mm-hmm. grown into... I think he's got a limited range. Yes. And this is the film that is the, the perfect... Zenith. Exactly. The apotheosis. the entirety of that range so beautifully. Yes uh instead in 2014 brad pitt had fury which i think is a fine film i didn't see it i only remember we went to the movies when that poster was up on hair yeah i had my hair slicked back for an audition i'd filmed and i had the exact same hair as brad pitt on the sides and And then i slicked it back in in front of the poster and it's one of my favorite and that's the extent of my knowledge of that film (laughs) uh also up for nick dunn seth rogan qua Oh man, she's missing. I've been smoking too much weed. I, I get didn't even the notice. lunk part. The uh, lunk yeah. part is I, there. Just playing video games, smoking yeah. weed. <laughs> I don't. I can't. I mean, I don't. It doesn't work for me no. as a cohesive story. In terms of his dramatic work, the closest for me is he's in that The Jobs movie in 2015 with Skip Michael Fassbender. It. Understandably so. Um, which that wasn't. No, Danny Boyle. I was like, was that Fincher? No, Danny Boyle with, of course, an Aaron Sorkin walking and talking script, which he's very good in. But it's also like that's you i don't think he can pull it's not this quite, off from what i've seen and it, it doesn't quite fit on him no i just don't love it and i like seth rogan a lot i think he's yeah. really good at what he does talk talking about people that have a particular persona that they can play off of and there's range within that yeah. that i've well, seen him in more dramatic roles like jobs and he's also very funny and there's a particular yeah. skill with comedy yeah I just don't know about Rogan, but oh, that sound means it's time to play the way around of the truths and some guy. The way it works, two of the following actors were up for the role of Nick and one was not. And Amy Joe's to guess which is which. Your options are yes. John Hamm, hmm. Matt Damon, mm-hmm. and Ryan Reynolds. Of course, Damon occurred to me because, you know how does he not with the fleck you know um john ham is actually pretty decent casting i mean because we know him as don draper so well he's so suave in that but some of the other stuff we've seen him in it's like he's a bit more like a little more good old boy energy it's also those moments in Mad Men where you actually see him like yeah, well, behind the suave exactly. exterior well, and you're you like oh look at this scared little boy this like, guy ain't out. Don Draper at all <laughs> spoilers Literally. for Mad Men spoilers for the first season of Mad Men for a show that's been <laughs> off the air for years now <laughs> um yeah um and then Ryan Reynolds I will say Ryan Reynolds makes sense. It is a glibness and that slickness. actually is is not that is bad someone casting. that I would not 
I, if I saw that he was suspected of murdering his wife, I'd be like, of That's course that guy murdered his wife. Poor Blake Lively. Um, yeah, I uh, actually, the more I hear that, the more I'm like, why didn't I think of Ryan Reynolds? I mean, I never do. So that's mm-hmm. why I didn't think of Ryan Reynolds. I'm going to go with, this movie was 2014. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Damon. Ding, ding, ding. You are <gasps> correct. As far as I can tell, Matt Damon, not considered for Gone Girl. Well, he's not the best fit for it. Yeah. That floppy hair. Well, he doesn't have the floppy hair now. Well, he could. He sure could. (laughs) (laughs) We all could have the floppy 90s hair of Good Will Hunting. Uh, But yeah, John Hamm was considered, but he couldn't work around the Mad Men schedule. I I think he was in season six of Mad Men. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm in my career making role that I'm still uh, on a roll with. Still attached to. Right. Uh, but I think he'd be really good. I think that yeah, that, that's I, really I smart. That. Yeah, and Ryan Reynolds, I like. I just don't want it. But I think that it is ticking off a lot of the yes. boxes of what it requires. It's everything we've talked about. Yeah, I don't find like that blue collar working class like sensibility lives on him as well as it does on Ben Affleck. Which get, like that certain, you know, I was brought up to be polite. I'm just like like all that corn fed Iowa, yeah, corn fed corn fed, yeah, mm-hmm. corn fed uh, Missouri. That I just don't on ryan reynolds although i was fascinated to see instead in 2014 he was doing a movie called the captive where his daughter goes missing and he's the prime suspect so it's a very similar in some ways to this except that that film had overwhelmingly negative reviews i was about to say except for gone girl was a hit right and that film made uh it made two million dollars worldwide compared to gone girls Gone Girls, $369 million worldwide, <laughs> which was the best of David Fincher's career. Uh, oh, and a, how much was the budget? Uh, I, I forgot to look at that. But more it, it than wasn't, two. It was definitely no, not more than Gone Girl. It was a smaller oh, film with uh, with him and uh, Rosario Dawson as this like cop helping and oh, yikes. some other actors. But uh, yeah, the captive uh, must miss, apparently. I never heard of it. So. I think i'd heard of it like once where well, you've I, heard of everything no but for someone that hears of everything this is a movie that i was like what is this film mm-hmm. the captive that's quite that's quite a searing condemnation of how well it <laughs> did not do uh but let's move on to amy dunn so amy joe your thoughts on rosamund pike and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else this is brilliant casting so good she's excellent the the important things with amy are you need someone who feels like of a particular class, uh, very sophisticated, charming. You need someone who you can project all of your like, like Ivy League fantasies onto, and then who you believe is this raging psychopath. Like you, you have to be able to believe both, and it's someone with deep intelligence. Like, you can see the quick-wittedness behind the eyes. The antithesis to Nick coming out and checking, like, putting the garbage out in the morning, you Mm. know, like, and just standing there kind of like, huh, I did that. Here's the street. Well, back into the house. You know, like, you need the opposite of that. Her baking crepes. Her baking crepes. Crepe? Um, Morning, handsome. Also, I will say, so I saw Rosamund Pike on the stage in the West End in 2003 in Hitchcock Blonde. Um, She had really only done the Bond film by that point, I think. Mm -hmm. And she'd graduated from RADA, which is where I was studying. So this is pre-Pride and Prejudice. Yes, correct. Um, So this is my main familiarity with her because I don't even think I saw that Bond film. And she was was good. It was mainly like she was – the character was – 
it's basically Hitchcock is filming Psycho and she is the she wants to be an actress and he hires her to be the nude model double for Janet Lee, which, of course, I'm sitting there watching this play having very a tough time because I'm I know too much about the filming of Psycho. I was like, that's not they went through, <laughs> they went and to a modeling agency to find people who are used to posing nude so that this would not be. You were not there for the artistic license for. The, I was for not because I was like, this situation <laughs> can't happen. They yeah. they intentionally avoided this exact situation, but she murders her husband in that in that play. But she has all of spoilers these spoilers like, for this play spoilers from the for West the play End. Hitchcock Blonde. <laughs> um, but she has all these monologues direct address to the audience and i remember thinking like this this actress is very talented but i think she is hampered some by her american accent she's trying to work with i can hear the effort and this is of course i'm in college i have a facility with dialects at this point but i'm not like formally coaching yet i, I started my senior year of college to like formally coach people on dialect stuff but like so i'm sitting there going like i can see that this is an actor who's having trouble being fully present in the in the work because the accent is getting in her way a little bit. So to see how far she progressed to the point where we're watching this last night and I'm forgot she's British. Hot no. Fuzz is uh, not Hot Fuzz. World's End. World's End is yes. one of our most well, so is Hot Fuzz, but World's End is one of our most watched <laughs> we love her movies. We sure do. Uh, and she's yeah. she's in that being authentically English as she is. <laughs> Um, but I was just watching it and I was just like very swept up in it. I wasn't thinking like, oh, good job with the accent. It was later I was like, oh, right, this woman's English, um, which is not to say it's flawless. I just she never did anything that like made me aware of it, you know, which I was like always thrilled to see actors grow. I love that, um, especially when they are already quite good and are still like, you know what I need to do? Get better so I can be up for a role like Gone Girl yeah. and not not get it because of my dialect getting in the way know, and getting the the film's sole oscar nomination for oh, best lead she? actress yeah, I'm very yeah. <laughs> um which i think it should have gotten a best adapted screenplay not as well at, at the very least sure. um, maybe like sound design or mixing or something i don't know something. editing i don't know but Regardless, at least i got her nom because she she's great. fantastic in this so there's a lot of people who i actually think could execute this well it would just be kind of manifest differently i have a lot of blondes or people who we see play blondes a lot because i do think one of the things that they are intentionally playing with in this is this trope of like what does a victim that we care about in the media in america look like even though Lacey peterson was a brunette but she was very pregnant so i have i have a lot of people that similarly have that kind of uh vibe great my first thought is brie larson i was thinking her as well yeah. Just like a really strong actor. You believe the backbone, but she also just is very put together in a way that can read just like, oh, she's just a little distant because she's like shy. She's not actually that standoffish, you know, like, no, no, actually she's a sociopath, you right. know, like, so I like Brie Larson. I like Saoirse Ronan, potentially. Yeah. Emily Blunt. Mm. Um Carrie Mulligan, who I actually thought of thinking about, like we saw her in some play off Broadway where she had like uh, girls and boys, girls and boys, one woman show that she was incredible. Oh, in. she was amazing. But yeah. I hadn't seen her like really like she's playing a mom in that, you know, and, and something about seeing her like very much as an adult adult and not like a young woman blossoming. Like, yeah. I feel like I could see that. And she has like a steely spine that i feel like i would believe oh, the turn we're recording this a little in advance uh so i've not got a chance to watch it yet but just her from the trailer uh -huh. the promising young uh -huh. woman exactly uh yeah uh-huh i think that's really good casting 
Um, if this were made earlier, maybe a Gwyneth moment. I don't know that I fully would buy the turn, but I could mm. see that she would be up for it if this were being made in the late 90s. Yeah. For sure. Uh, absolutely. You know, um, Jodie Comer from Killing Eve. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. I feel like, <laughs> duh. Um, that would be great. And yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. I, I don't know. I have right. a bunch of names, but those oh. are the ones that feel the most like these are yeah. playing with the sure. image that we yeah. want it to have. You know, I have all just a bunch of like white women on this list. And I think that I that's part it's, of, yeah. I do think that's part of the movie never comes out and explicitly says this. In fact, the movie I think is not like necessarily intentionally saying this with like their casting choices and everything but this is the thing that's talked about a lot is like what is the kind of case that gets national media coverage it tends to be of a certain class and it tends to be white women usually like attractive um and and fulfilling a particular stereotype so it like if, if this is meant to be one of those cases that like a nancy grace is going to take on and yep. run with you know it makes sense that it would be a white, blonde, thin woman. Yeah, because I was thinking of people like Tandy Newton. I thought of Tandy Newton too. Zoe Saldana was someone because she's also yeah. someone I like with Rosamund Pike, which works so well for this. There is that certain like feels like you can't quite reach them. It's like I don't, yes. I can't get a grasp on this. What's person. in your I don't, head? Like that opening what is shot. In your head exactly, and I think she so beautifully exemplifies that in this film, especially. Mm -hmm. And Zoe Saldana, I mean, she's always just they're slapping. You know, green makeup on her, and she's Gamora, or blue makeup on her. She's one of the most gorgeous people. Uh, they let her at least be a normal human being in uh, those Star Trek films, but she's still like so many of these genre films. And I'm like, her or like a Rosario Dawson to me is like made a career out of being the cool girl. Yes, so, mm -hmm. like I think that those early scenes. Imagine Rosario Dawson to me clicks so much i was thinking if this was made today and you're looking for a cool girl mm -hmm. like zoe kravitz is like very like gen z yes. cool girl yep. like stunning yeah. you know and but i don't I, but then you know this whole like waspy yes discontent of which this feels life like is, is so much of what yeah. they're playing with and like what does wealth yeah. the brownstone the trust fund exactly. all of these things that feel like they go hand in hand with, with whiteness whiteness yeah. yes so in that regard uh ava green is also someone uh -huh, that I, uh -huh. I would like i would love i was uh andrea riseborough because what i like with her is she's also someone not as well known even though she's been in oblivion and uh birdman uh mm. and she was just is she the other actress in birdman like yes she's the one who's dating michael keaton she's the one with michael keaton who she wants to have a baby i know it's been so All long right. since no but the main thing i remember from because it's naomi that. watts who actually naomi watts will be no, young, that's, that's watts will be good yeah, yeah, yeah. or robin right now i'm just thinking of aussies oh, robin, right. or she's not aussie no, but, she's not, but uh naomi watts is and if this was made yeah like earlier like as i said nicole kidman or like young uma thurman yeah uh, yes or if this is like an 80s film young glenn close if you're getting mm -hmm. glenn mm -hmm. close and michael douglas uh, we've uh, seen there's a movie with michael douglas with a guy who's maybe not making great choices and then we believe one thing we find out <laughs> that's not true i don't know what movie i'm thinking of but uh Nor do any of us uh another great valentine's day right like, you all set yourself with your special person a marathon watch gone girl and then fatal, fatal attraction. attraction maybe basic maybe instinct basic you know it's a real sexy time celebrating love Dangerous liaisons. Get a Glenn Close-a-thon going. There you go. Yeah. I, I'd love it. Uh, Fincher said, in terms of Rosamund Pike, that he'd seen her in four films. And he, he said, quote, you think you've got a radar 
of how many arrows they have in their quiver and I never got a bead on Rosamond that he saw in four films and he couldn't he's like normally by that point like I can tell like okay this is your deal Mm -hmm. I know what you're working with and with her like he just never could that she plays sweet sweet Jane Bennett so beautifully in Pride and Prejudice and plays Amy Dunn (laughs) respect respect so he said regarding the casting of the title character Fincher said he wanted an actress with a Faye Dunaway type of persona. Mm. He said, I wanted Faye Dunaway in Chinatown, where you think this person has experienced avenues of pain that no one can articulate. Or Faye in Network, where it's, you're never going to get to the bottom of this, so just stop. It's crazy how much Rosamund Pike reminds me of Faye. Wow, I would never have thought of that. Because also, I think of Faye Dunaway as being Mommy dearest? Well, I didn't see Mommy Dearest really much later than you would expect, given my love for camp. I mean, I like watched Network and and Bonnie and Clyde, and, right? Like right. much Bonnie and Clyde, another wonderful Valentine's Day <laughs> film. Um, just curating your this Valentine's Day, go out with a bang. <laughs> oh no! Oh dear. <sighs> anyway, um, but yeah, just this kind of like ball busting, like. You know, like thinking of Network in particular, where you're just like, wow, talk about a spine of steel. I know, but you think of her scenes with William Holden in Network where you're like, yeah, yeah. I I did that, where William Holden is just like, eyes guy, get out of this. Like, I'm, you're, (laughs) you are crazy. We're like having love scenes where you're just talking about ratings, where you're, you know, it's It's like, so, so so good. That's a beautiful meeting of actor and, and character and script. Definitely. Um, but that's that's very interesting. I know, but I think because I never think of Rosamund Pike as being this kind of like, uh, like a, a hard edged performer. Kind of how we were talking about last week about like the actors that go all the way up, mm. you know. And I don't think of Rosamund Pike as one of those actors. But Faye Dunaway like wrote the book, you know. <laughs> it's like Faye Dunaway taking a page out of Betty Davis's book and right. being like, "I'm gonna ride this elevator to the top floor." <laughs> and Fincher also liked that. He cast at the time 35 year old Rosamund Pike as Amy, that he couldn't figure out how old she was. He's mm. very, he's like, she can pass as older or younger, depending on like what she's putting forward, what she liked. There's that kind of mm-hmm. um, malleability that she's got. And the fact that she's an only child, he, he really liked for whatever reason. I mean, it's similar to the character, but. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if just being an only child gives and you a we certain know Ben energy. Has a brother. Yes, he does. He's got a sib. Not a twin, but he does have a sib. He does have a sib yeah. that he's close that he's certain yeah. that he's certainly close with. Yeah. Makes you wonder about Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he did kill his wife. Oh. Has anyone seen Anna de Armas? Make sure that wasn't her in the trash. <laughs> oh no. Make sure it wasn't just Oh no. <laughs> Make sure it was just a cardboard cutout. <laughs> um so right off the bat, Heather Graham sought to option the rights to the original book to produce and star no my friend i know i don't i I know but you know what good on you good on you for for trying heather graham yes i mean look reese witherspoon wasn't she like one of the co-producers on this well heather graham found out that she couldn't get the rights (gasps) because reese witherspoon had already optioned the rights with her company pacific standards because reese witherspoon got the rights because she was planning to produce and star in mm-hmm. the film. But then she had a meet or initial meeting with David Fincher on his vision, and she withdrew herself from contention because she realized then that she was not the right person to play it. But, like, that—really, after Big Little Lies dropped, I was like, 
my respect for Reese Witherspoon, like, shot through the roof, you know, being like, you optioned this, you produced it, you, you like, and, and that's like such a great role for all of her skills, you know, mm. but also to like, look at, she's producing stuff as far back as 2014. I don't know when her production company started, but like, to go like, I am interested in putting good work out there. I, yes, I'd love to be in stuff, but also being like, oh, you know what? I'm not going to fit this vision, but no. I like this vision and I'm still invested in making good things. I'm not going to do it like I'm not going to put force myself into the project at the expense of the project. Absolutely. Like I really respect that because then we get this really great movie and I, I don't think it's the best fit for Reese Witherspoon. I mean, I get it. I mean, it's such young, young Reese Witherspoon, maybe. <sighs> but even then it would need to be like the high school version of yeah. it. You know, I'm talking like high school gone girl, high school, high school gone, gone girl, gone girl, junior, gone girl babies. <laughs> Gone baby girl. Gone, gone baby gone. Um, but I was making a reference oh, to I appreciate my hilarity. I do. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, recent big little lies. Recent like little fires everywhere where she is, uh, you know, she's, I think I love that she's producing. You could never remember the title of that. Weren't you calling it like big little fires everywhere? Big little fires you're everywhere. Because like, I just give I up. I can't keep up. <laughs> you're like, what is um, this called? Yeah. She instead in 2014 also produced and then starred in Wild. Which got oh, her, yeah. you know, that got her her first Oscar, Oscar nomination, nomination since winning for Walk the Line. So mm-hmm. I think that worked out well for her as well. Totally. You know, her and uh, Rosamund Pike were up against each other for the Oscars. I forget who won that year. Um, I haven't seen Wild, but I've heard she's quite good in that. It's hard. I like Reese Witherspoon a lot. It is hard picturing her in this role. But maybe the fact that it's hard to picture in the role would, would sell that twist so well, yeah. you know? I don't know. It is that's also the hard thing. It's like sometimes it's like, well, you don't know until the person got the chance. If Rosamund Pike that's had been true. cast, I wouldn't have been like, you know who been great in this? Rosamund Pike. Pike. You know who been great in this? Mor- Die Another Days Ro- Miranda Frost. She wouldn't be on this list. Oh right. mine. <laughs> um uh, in terms of who else was considered was Natalie Portman. I get that more than Reese Witherspoon. I mean, Natalie I get Portman it more than Reese Witherspoon legit well. did go to Harvard. Like legit you know, like, was kind of, like, the cool girl who also was, like, aloof and you're, like... And she gives you some flashes of the black swan. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I can see it. I think Rosamund Pike is a much better choice for various reasons, but but I can see why someone would think, like, oh, let's look at Natalie Portman for this. I agree. Yeah. It's it's hard. It, I mean, it is the thing where it's just like, well, maybe if they you don't know unless they had the chance. But for me, I can't see the person that also in Star Wars had to go, Anakin, you're breaking my heart, and then immediately die. Uh, I just can't see that person. I just can't see that person. Natalie Portman also is also someone who, in my in my estimation, which I've not seen everything that she's done, and you know, again, actors can learn and grow. I feel like she's someone who really benefits from a strong director and really suffers under a weaker hand. That has been my experience. When, when you're like, oh, she is not director proof. She's not someone who can elevate the material. But if she's well, given no one good can mater- elevate those Star Wars prequels. I think we can um, all agree. But I mean, you know, she, that's why she won. She won that Oscar with Darren Aronofsky directing. And uh, so maybe having David Fincher. That's, that's what Bond I'm saying would, is that yeah. when she's with a director with a clear vision who knows how to work with actors she does better and i'll be clear i think natalie portman's a great actor i think she's been you know right out of the gate problems with that film aside uh it, she's incredible in the professional right like of just that's your first performance and she's just like so good mm-hmm. already 
I so I take it back. You know what? Maybe because I'm like, oh, I can't see that. I would never suspect Natalie Portman doing these types of yeah. things. I'm like, maybe, maybe. Uh, ding, ding, ding to you though, because Emily Blunt sure as heck was nice. considered. Nice. And that was 2014. So instead, she had Into the Woods and Edge of Tomorrow. Ooh, Edge of Tomorrow. So good. I think she's so good. And in... she's she's wonderful in Into the Woods, even this if as someone who. Uh, had an obsession with that film since the not film <laughs> not film with that musical mm. and the pbs filmed version of it since the yes, age yes, of yes, like yes, yes. 11 12 I, you know i watched it and i was like this could have been worse i've seen far worse productions of this very material but i never need to see it again you know <laughs> but i thought that she did a lovely Until job with the day we do it on this podcast hey well that'll feel different i'll oh, have a purpose okay. other than just quote-unquote entertainment right um uh, but i really like emily blunt and i think I she's a fantastic actor love emily blunt. her she's someone else whose american accent has improved drastically she did this death on the nile with uh the poirot david suchet series where oh. she plays the murder victim don't worry it's a poirot so you always know who's gonna eat it you know what i mean <laughs> at least the first one she's just awful but she's playing an american heiress i think because that's the way it is in the book it's been a while since i've read death on the nile but um is this pre devil wears prada oh yes 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 okay yes. This i mean is she's like, so young in devil wears prada yes but she's she's quite young in this I and mean, she doesn't look it's um when would that have been i don't know early Listener, aughts, you can I'm look assuming. it up yes yeah so she like has this lovely choice role and it's like she's doing it fine but you can hear that she's working with it and i can hear like there's an intrusive r where there shouldn't be one and this sort of like stuff that i'm like that that wouldn't be here if you but she was also like those were filmed in the uk she was living in the uk and when you move to la and you have a good ear and you're around people who are speaking in an american accent all the time it really helps shore up that work yeah which might also been what happened to rosamund pike yeah i don't want it but i'm just imagining her as amy and john krasinski as nick <laughs> as if it's just them being like well we just love each other and everyone knows Let's that we're like such together. a lovey-dovey couple that we're just gonna play a nightmare couple instead there's something kind of funny and weirdly meta that. about that uh because john krasinski is also someone that like he's he's very charming and i i i like a lot and i could but i could see him maybe slipping into that kind of he slight to glibness. me is just the kind of more sweet-faced likable version of jason sudeikis mm. like that's that is i think he occurred to me when i was thinking of who are people who just like you believe or maybe like I'm a regular person, you know? Yeah. But Jason Sudeikis just has a little bit more of that edge of smarm to him. Sure. That that works for Nick. Yeah. But yeah, I could believe. I hear that. Anybody can make a bunch of stupid choices. They you, know? you know what? They sure can. Uh, but regardless, I, I like I like Emily Blunt. I like uh -huh. Emily Blunt for this. Uh, Rooney Mara was considered, which she had just done Girl with the Dragon Tattoo mm -hmm. with Fincher and Social Network. Um, to me, she just reads young. I haven't really seen her in anything, I don't think. Oh. Um... Well, she reaches, especially alongside Ben Affleck. And if you had an actor that was actually 30, which I guess that's how maybe the role is in the book, maybe he's supposed to be like 30 or mm -hmm. early 30s, um, then maybe she would work alongside that actor. Mm -hmm. Just trying to think it apart from Affleck, just as the character. I can see it. But can, looking awkward with with that pairing for sure. I just, I mean, it's, Rosamund Pike is also, that is the problem, folks. When it's two leads that are so perfectly cast, it is like trying to come up with anyone else. Um, although I will say this next one I did love, and I might be my second choice Ooh. of the people considered, Olivia Wilde. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yes. I, yes. I think she's such an underrated actor. I mean, she's a fantastic director with Booksmart. I'm right. so excited. If she wants to just be a director and just 
start churning out more films, I'd be so thrilled for that. Absolutely. Um, I watched this like small indie that nobody saw called A Vigilante that she was in, where it's just her like escaped an abusive marriage and now just seeks out women in abusive marriages to pretty much just like find the guy and scare the hell out of him wow. to get away to like have him them sign over sign divorce papers sign whatever needs to be signed and like scare the living nightmare out of them uh where she's like adopting like disguises and makeup and voices and she's like she becomes like terrifying and i'm like oh this person this person yeah. is who i would want to see as amazing amy if we didn't get rosamund didn't Pike. we see her in 1984 wasn't that her on broadway in that yes yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's like seeing her also because we were in the front row which i don't recommend seeing a play like that in the front row, but it's where the yeah, tickets George were. Orwell's 1984 in the when front you row. Uh, when you get yourself a comp, yeah, sorry, or my really mind was thinking ticket. Wonder Woman 1984, and I was like, no, don't you mean Kristen Wiig? Um, every while, just hiding in the background somewhere. She's she's there being like, it's me. I'm playing. It's me, the Panther, alongside Cheetah. No, yes, on Broadway 1984. So we're sitting in the front row, basically in the splash zone. Um, just getting spat on by yes. Reed Bernie and Tom Sturridge. Which, you know what? Give it to me, Reed. <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, she's so strong and very striking. Like, just that there's like a steely quality behind her eyes. Just yeah. like a determination that that is, I think, one of the things that works really well with Rosamund Pike. I really like that as an option. Yeah. And uh, she also, like, looks like a freaking model. Yep. Fits that kind of whole thing we were talking about yes that she's fitting yeah you're cool girl at the beginning and then when she's kind of being held she's being held captive Mm -hmm. by desi and is being forced to back into which i believe actually is more explicit in the book that he like legit is like creepily Mm. keeping her i think it is i mean it's implied in the film but i think it is more obvious in the book Mm. if i remember correctly abby cornish was considered a bright star and limitless is abby carnish um, I remember her in Bright Star because she had a lot of great dresses. Yeah, I've not seen because she was in Bright Star. She was in uh, this movie, I think Candy with Heath Ledger, where they're like they're both like this couple like getting lost in like a whirlpool of like drug addiction of like meteor roles. Where I've, I've seen her in Limitless, where Bradley Cooper takes pills and gets real smart, and right. <laughs> Sucker Punch, mm-hmm. which is one of the worst films I've ever seen from Zack Snyder. You were uh, Sucker Punch. I got Sucker Punch by watching Sucker Punch, and so it's hard for me to judge off that. But based on the types of films that I know that she has been in, I would assume that she has the chops for that. Um, Julianne Huff, though. I don't know about who is best known for things like Dancing with the Stars, Rock of Ages, Safe Haven, Burlesque. The tone of voice that you're using. You've also, Jeff, listener, Jeff has his two hands like, like in, his, hands in his together. little like fists, but I've he's got, like, like little, 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 he's got his hands. little like, like pointer like, fingers, uh, like kind of intertwined, like, oh gosh, um, oh gee. Maybe, maybe, maybe that would just be the real shock. Like my, my mom, I think knows Julianne, Julianne Huff from probably Dancing with the Stars. because She sure. watched Dancing with the yeah. Stars and she could be like, oh, she, she goes missing. I don't know why I'm making my mom sound like, oh no, Julianne Huff goes missing. <laughs> my mom does not sound like this. No, but it's not, um, when I do that accent for my mom, it is absolutely <laughs> preposterous because she is from Texas. At yeah. least your mom is from New Jersey. So it's like closer to Long Island. This um, is true. But 
but I it just if you're trying to rook people by being like, oh well, that ju- nice that yeah. nice Julian Hoff is missing, and she was pregnant. Oh no, I hope she's okay. And the end, she'll turn <laughs> oh, up, and she's okay. been okay the whole time. And you'll really get thrown for a loop. But it turns out that she was in on it from the jump. So maybe uh, that would be the ultimate bait and switch, where you're like, well, there's no way that, that Julian Hoff is behind it. That would make people like like if your mother had gone to see this movie thinking like, oh, won't that be nice? <laughs> She'd be so furious. <laughs> she would walk out angry. <laughs> I, I'm sure there were a lot of people that were furious. I'm sure that's, this because that's this true. is not, you know, you're just expecting it to be like, oh, and then at the end, you find, you, you, you see like the glimpse of Neil Patrick Harris. And you're like, I, I'm sure people were watching the trailer in theaters and going like, I bet the ex-boyfriend did it. I bet it was that Neil Patrick Harris. He doesn't look too nice in the film. It's so fun. I don't know. It's so, But at least like with Rosamund Pike, you're not getting someone who is like, it's not like. They got Julia Roberts at a certain point in their in her career, and they're like, "Oh, I love Julia Roberts. What a beautiful smile! She's a murderess, right? Right. You know? <laughs> uh, Jessica Chastain yes. was considered. Oh, that, I don't know why I, I didn't think of her. That I makes love, perfect. I sense. love 2014. She had Interstellar, A Most Violent Year, and uh, an adaptation of Miss Julie with Colin Farrell, uh, which is actually I think quite good, despite being very long. Uh, so she had a very busy year. So I'm sure she wasn't even available, but I think. I mean, she'd kill it. I she'd be great. Love Jessica Chastain. She she has such like fragility that mm. would play so well with that first half of everything. And then, I mean, honestly, like we we're talking about, when you need to feel for her later because you're like, I don't want her to get beaten up by these people. Right? Do I? No, I don't. <laughs> you know. I feel like you're getting a bit more emotion, or, or like um, emotion's not the right word, but just like a righteous indignation in in those ending scenes with with Nick of you know, like I'm the c word you married like all of this there's a certain yeah. where husband pike is just like that's marriage there's such a like intellectualism that she yeah. brings to the performance where she is like my her brain is always leading above her heart just like a knife like yeah. right just surgical yeah this performance Absolutely. you're right i do think with jessica chastain you're gonna get you're more, more like an emotional heart. volatility yeah, which i don't necessarily dislike i think no but i think for no, I, 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 I agree. It could absolutely work that way as well. But I think something about there's something so scary about someone who like is able to be that emotionless about mm. things that are very big questions in life. And like also it's just like your parents seem to be happily married, whatever that you know, she's she obviously has a very particular relationship with her parents, but it's just it's not like she's. We don't see scenes of them fighting. They seem to be like a united front. She, she, this just united kind of against her, you know. But it's it's just interesting to think like where these points of view were developed and when. You know, she seemed to be hopeful earlier on. I think there's something very, yeah, scary about the way that she does it, which is appropriate. I think you're supposed to leave the movie being like, ooh, uh, definitely, definitely, uh, and finally. Charlie's which that alongside Olivia Wilde like if we couldn't get Rosamund Pike either mm-hmm. Charlize or Olivia Wilde to me are my favorite choices of these the women yeah, who were up for, for sure. it she, I, I mean, mean she would sell both parts of we've seen her do yeah. both kinds of these parts absolutely really really well yeah we've yeah. seen her at her monster and we've seen her at her Angel. you know at, at her like all those perfume ads <laughs> 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 uh, but what I like about Rosamund Pike is that we 
you know, she bring we have less of an attachment to her the way we do Charlize Theron because we just know her in more well, that's Hollywood. What, that's what I meant yeah. with like putting someone like Julia Roberts at sure, a particular gotcha. point in her career into this is like people are going to come and be like, my Julia, America's sweetheart. What? As opposed Whereas, to like Rosamund Pike where it's like, ooh, I, I, have a, I think I've seen this actress in a couple things. But it's a twist. The fact that she's alive. If you got Charlize Theron, you're like. Well, clearly she's alive. You're just going to get half this movie being flashbacks or it's like some there's got to be a twist yes. where like we're seeing it's Charlie. It's Academy Award winner Charlie's plus Rosamund Pike where you're like, oh, we're just going to see this wife in flashbacks. It and never occurred to me it. how much this movie is like the movie Laura um, from like 1943 or something. It's Jean Tierney. Mm. But you have to do a lot of that in flashback because yeah. she's missing. There's like a portrait above the fireplace and that like haunts the room but in originally this was a play laura not gone girl laura was a play and so like you have just gone written... girl a stage musical <laughs> she's gone she's gone hey girl and now tenor Beautiful. comes out and sings razzle dazzle oh my gosh it just works but um but you had to it's like that's a very hard role to cast on stage because she doesn't enter till literally right before the act break and you're like oh, laura's alive spoilers mm. for laura <laughs> Which I recommend you watch. It's excellent. Um, but like on on screen, you can do a lot of it in flashbacks, and you're like, ah, oh, Jean Tierney missing, maybe dead. Who's to say? And then when she like reappears, you're like, oh, well now we get. But it's the same kind of thing where you're like, oh, are we ever gonna see this person in real time, or are they dead? Are they? Are they dead? Dead. I'm distracted now because I'm just imagining of like how many songs from Chicago could you shoehorn into a Gone Girl musical? I'm oh just I'm just imagining Amy singing that funny honey of mine about Nick. Me and my baby. Me and my baby. She has a fake pregnancy. She, does have, she has a fake pregnancy. Is Rosman? Is Amy just Roxy Hart? Um, uh, she does it also for the the tabloid. You know, like could you got... imagine if the film ended with Rosman Pike and Ben Affleck doing hot honey rag? Mary Sunshine <laughs> is the Nancy Grace. <gasps> Missy Pyle as Nancy Sunshine. Nancy Sunshine. (laughs) It's me, Nancy Sunshine. Oh, Nancy Sunshine. (laughs) Well, Nancy Grace is a pretty, um, you know. Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, I think that it works. you could do a Gone Girl Uh musical with just putting the music from. It's a mashup, baby. Yeah, if you you still had, like, the forbidden Broadway, the forbidden Hollywood they would sometimes do, you you would do, they would do Gone Girl as Chicago. They do Cell Block Tango, but with all of the um, people who live at the, like, uh, hotel trailer park type place mm, in Talk- the Ozarks yeah yes yeah, yeah, talking yeah. about all the like ex-boyfriends they've had I, I think, think we've as usual we've hit upon something amazing <laughs> so those were all the characters that I found other casting options for but there are a few characters we didn't mention so I want to briefly touch on them I'll bet you do Jeff <laughs> well we talked about him a bit but Tanner Bolt Tyler Perry who I think kills it in He's this great I think it's delightful he's apparently written as an Alec Baldwin type Mm. which knowing that I think makes so much sense. Sure. I could see Alec Baldwin Absolutely. in this. I mean, someone who it's so great having the outside perspective um, because yeah. you need, you know, Nick, he's got Margot, his sister, who's like the voice of reason. And then you need the person to come in and be like, you two are the most effed up people I've ever met. Yes. And I specialize in effed up people. Yeah, it's a great line. Um, I was like, if you couldn't get Tyler Perry, could we just get Courtney B. Vance as Johnny Cochran again from American oh. Crime Story? Hey, we know he can play a showboat lawyer. Exactly. I was like, why isn't Courtney B. Vance in bigger projects? Because he's so incredible. Um, but I think Tyler Perry's great. Apparently, he said in an interview that he, when his agent like sent him the stuff, like, they're interested in you for this, didn't tell him it was David Fincher directing, didn't tell him, he didn't even know, like, he either didn't know it was based on a book or he didn't know 
the book was so popular. Right. He said, I would have said no, and my agent knew that. He didn't tell me until after I signed on, and the reason I wouldn't have done it is because when things are that magical for people and they become very special for people, there's a lot of pressure for it to be what they want it to be, mm. which I get. If it's like a hit book where it's like, are you going to mess it up? Are you, mm-hmm. which I haven't read the books. I don't know if Tanner Bolt is written as white, but I could understand that being a concern. I, being of like, course. I don't, I don't recall. Although I'm sure it's lesser of it being a supporting character opposed to like, if, if it was like, you know, you know, like all the idiots about Hermione being uh, cast as a black actor yes. for the uh, cursed child when it's like, Hermione's white. It's like, it and never like, says that in the book. Shut up. Doesn't say anything about that in the book. Yeah, it's like, who cares, you dum-dums? Um, but I think Tyler Perry crushes it. He's great. He's so funny. He he comes in and he just, like, our acting teacher, Larry Moss, would say it's like he just, like, disturbs the air in such a particular way. He comes in and he changes the energy of the room. He comes into the movie with a bowl of gummy bears to throw them at Ben Affleck's face. Yeah. And I think we all in that moment want to be him. Yeah. We all want to throw gummy bears at Ben Affleck's face. So he That's is great. a perfect conduit for the audience. <laughs> um we've got Kim Dickens as Detective Ronda Boney. Oh perfect. Uh, and Patrick, we never didn't even mention him, but Patrick Fugit uh as Officer James Gilpin. Like the two of them together are such a great just delightful buddy cop duo. Just him <laughs> Like, oh, well, my wife says he's a killer. Well, well if, if Tiffany, Tiffany says, <laughs> just so, I mean, the lines are so good, but the delivery is perfect. Like, yeah. they just set up and pay off so well. It's, I mean, well, it's always Patrick Fugit, like, setting her up. But right. but the fact that he has not that many lines, and almost all of them are a laugh line or a setup for a laugh line. It's like he crushes. She's delightful. Her energy just every i just i love her obsessed you were you were reading me her imdb a while back and i was like i have not watched any of these she's just one of those great character actors they just are have been in the business i think she's like in her early 50s now Mm -hmm. and she's been around forever and i feel like she's like a melissa leo type that she's gonna be someone and melissa Melissa leo would be would would have been great in the bony role but yeah one day she'll get the oscar uh because yeah, he did like the, in the style that like richard jenkins got an oscar yeah. nom out of nowhere and people are like yeah oh that guy oh, right this guy like, oh yeah you've been around around for forever ages. but yeah deadwood treme fear she's been on fear the walking dead uh but that's the thing i don't want i don't want watching i'm not watching the walking dead let alone fear the Walking Dead. i don't want to be more afraid (laughs) i don't want to be more afraid of zombies than i already am i have a healthy fear of zombies i think so i also have a healthy respect for and fear of zombies i don't need them on my television in my home i don't need it and i don't want it uh and patrick fugit it's like you know little baby kid from almost famous we used to watch like i used to watch almost famous a lot in high school and then my my roommates freshman year of college we only had like four or five vh hs's and this is one that we would we would watch almost famous all the time in rotation with like eddie izzard's dress to kill mm. and fight club yeah um but so i've seen i've seen that sweet little face so many times but i didn't even in the first scene i did not recognize him until like we got a good look at him i was like oh right that's yeah. Patrick still Fugit's looking in this movie. very very similar it's true but almost. The, the haircut does age him up a bit that's true just a bit just a bit uh, and Carrie Coon as the twin sister Margot feature film her. debut, so good, crushes well, it. Because I first saw her on Broadway in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf oh, as Honey, yes, yes, yes. where she got a Tony nomination. Mm-hmm. It was like, who is that? 
And now she's everywhere, and I feel great about it. You know, <laughs> she's one of those actors. Whenever I see, even if I'm not, I'm never gonna watch Fargo, but I know she's great in it, and like that's a delight. She was great in her season. She's also in the left. She was in the Leftovers, uh, mm-hmm. which is what she almost couldn't do Gone Girl because they didn't know they had to like work around her schedule for that. Mm-hmm. Here's here it is. Fox and HBO almost didn't let her audition because she was already committed to The Leftovers, and there was no guarantee that HBO would shift her filming schedule to accommodate her, so both studios thought it would just be a waste of everybody's time. After finally flying to LA to meet with David Fincher, she nailed the audition and was offered the role a few days later. So it was like a one and done that he met her, and she was, wow. he was like, well, well we're going to do what we got to do to get you because this is perfect casting. Yeah. Um, She's great. It's so good. But, you know, it was made in 95. Get me Elena Douglas just to complete my to yes, die forecasting yes. of Nicole Kidman as Amy, Matt Dillon as it's Nick. It's a one to one. It's a one to one. Get get Nicole Kidman's parents to play like the parent to play uh, amazing Amy. Yeah, Holland Taylor and uh, whoever the guy is, and then um and then you get Joaquin Phoenix as as Desi, maybe or hey, yeah, I guess, he, I guess yeah. he, he might he might treat, no actually well or Casey you well, you get Casey Affleck and uh, the other girl as the. The yes, trailer, the trailer, the Ozarks couple. That's what uh, we do. But since we're talking about Desi, let's finish with Neil Patrick Harris as De- Desi Collings. He's third you build. Third have build. Some thoughts about this casting, Jeff, that you have gone on at length to me about already, and we have to sometimes say, "Let's save this for the pod." I'll say this: I think what Neil Patrick Harris can do, I think he does impeccably. I think there are few people who can do that as well as him. I do not think any of the things that are required from him in this film are any of those things that he can do well. I'll tell you the moment he does well. It's when she's saying, you can quote 18th century symphonies to me. And he's kind of like, well, but that moment, (laughs) even that to me is just too broad. Because I mean, doing almost a decade of How I Met Your Mother, I think that, and then and that he's coming on, and then Lemony Snicket's. He's just been working in such so broad mm-hmm. that I don't think he can rein it in for me to believe him. It just feels so. If this was the Gone Girl stage show musical, sure, mm-hmm. great. Then that he was pitch magnificent in Hedwig. Of course he was. Unsurprised. But that also is like a tour de force, big, big performance. Yeah, that's that's not. This kind of, it's not this. Right. What I want that, the energy where you're like, I'm trying to think exactly what it is that I want from this character. And I want someone that kind of reads as, at first, I want them to feel very non-threatening. They should be an antithesis to Nick. Yes. So they should feel, they should seem very cultured. Suave. Very suave. Suave, but not slick. Suave, but not slick. And just, they should seem like, yeah, you buy, this is a nice guy who tried to commit suicide in Amy's bed when he left yes, her. Yes, because he's, when she left him. Yeah. Sorry, when she left him. Um, And then, yeah, you're slowly, it's peeling back the layers and you're like, oh, you have it's, some problems as well. As you, you've gotten older, yeah. you have like fixated on this and it has calcified inside of you. The fact that- And has nothing to do with her anymore, but like other than the fact that she is the object upon what, which yeah, you Yeah, what have... she represents exactly. to him. So decades later, decades later, and he's immediately like at the beck and call, but yeah. now being like, you live here now and I'm moving in and 
start tweezing those leg hairs and armpit hairs because I'm tweeze them away. <laughs> That's like cleaning the toilet with a toothbrush. Oh it's just gonna take um, time. But so if you don't mind having the person read is a bit creepier from the jump, I was like, get me a Killian Murphy. Get He's me on a, my list. Get me a Rami Malik. Ooh. But yes. if you want someone who for me it's like, oh yeah, this is just safe, like beta male energy. Mm-hmm. That then you're like, oh no, you are like a you know one of these incel yeah. weirdos. Yes. Give me Toby Maguire. Imagine Toby yes. Maguire. You know who I have on my list who that's you have on your very list? similar to that is Elijah Wood. I also have Elijah Wood mm-hmm. or Andrew Garfield. Or even like I a- have I have Andrew Garfield on here. <laughs> or, or like a to- even Topher Grace. People you're like, yes. oh yeah. Yes. They, they can't be so big because they're third bill, but they can't be so big that the second you see them, you're like, when are we getting back to this actor? Yeah. But they're big enough that you, you they can they're carrying their chunk i mean he's not in the movie very long he's in the movie very briefly True. which is also why it's like it doesn't really upend my enjoyment of the film that i think all of this stuff For sure. is but it would work. certainly because the thing is is that this this film is so taut and the the script is so taut that it the suspense keeps going but that's partially on pike's performance and on the editing and the right. you know yeah, I have more people on my list. Oh, if, please, if please share. Um, yeah, Kelly Murphy, Elijah Wood, uh, maybe like a young Jude Law, you yeah. know, someone who's like, oh, yes, someone, I should yeah. be into this. I'm not, though. He's so creepy. Yeah. <laughs> he looks at me and I feel like he's going to stab me with his eyes. Uh, he's actually some young young Jude Law as as Nick, I could see. I mean, even though he's probably not that much it's, older than Ben Affleck. No, it's a different there's kind. There's slickness. There, it's a different kind. There are sure. some people that I feel like if this is set in England – that like corn fed Missouri becomes mm. a very different like what what that is means something different in the UK. True. That's true. But I feel like then you get Jude that, Law and you yeah. adapt stuff around it. Um, but I think he would work. Um, Alexander Skarsgård. I think you know if we're thinking about like him in Big Little Lies, it's like someone who like presents a particular persona and then you're like, ooh, I don't know. It's true, but to me, it's like the second you see Alexander Skarsgård, it's like, watch out. That's kind of like a what's the guy's name? Mads Mikkelsen. Oh my where, God, yeah. where you're just like that guy is trouble yeah <laughs> it's, um, it's it's me mad mickelson as your 33 year old ex-boyfriend <laughs> i also have ben wishaw um, yes yes That's someone like who is energy like, i want where you're like oh, oh yeah ben wishaw like you're 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 the safe like mm-hmm. guy like oh yeah i can come around and boss you around and i'm just gonna enjoy this i've got this. you around my little finger exactly until like it's like those moments the moments where you see where it's supposed to be her realizing oh I might I, am I need trouble. to be a little more careful around this guy that mm-hmm. she still has a great handle on him of being like, you know, I, I just don't know how to behave. Like I need more time, yeah. like getting him to do all these things. But as she's slowly becoming this little, you know, a, a little doll, yeah. the doll's house, this little Abs- bird in a cage. Absolutely. But yeah, it just needs to like the hint of danger that to me, Neil Patrick Harris never has an ounce of. He he's, the, he's working so hard. He's, he's working to so have hard it on his face this, at all times. And in this one shot where he's like rubbing, a, he's starting to walk away. He's like rubbing, he's caressing a wall. To, the door and, frame. Uh, Jeff acted this out for me last night. Uh, <laughs> he was like, no, the part that I hate is, and gets up and starts rubbing the wall. It's like, oh, you're, you're, you're doing NPH. I get it. <laughs> um, I also have like adult Macaulay Culkin. Someone here like, what's going on there? I did think there? Kieran Culkin. Kieran Culkin, I, I think better actor than Macaulay, but um, Macaulay there, it's like those deep oh, sure. set eyes and you're like, what's troubling you? What's troubling you, yes, dear? Of, of the main actors from The Good Son, I do prefer Elijah Wood in the role well. of Macaulay Culkin, I but I get where well. you're coming from. I get where you're coming <laughs> you from. <know>. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Um, and then just because I love him and I think he's so good at acting, I, give me Andrew Scott. You know, I mean, always give us Andrew Scott. We always, always. want Andrew Scott. Yeah. Um. So, final thoughts? Anything we haven't touched on? Any other characters? Uh, the movie is so well populated by all, you know, having Casey, mm-hmm. Casey Wilson, who's such a great comic, comedic actor in this tiny roles as like so as good. the local idiot. Uh, is the friend, a local idiot. So funny to me. Any final thoughts? I mean, again, I took no notes because I was very involved in the watching of this movie, um, eating, literally eating popcorn <laughs> like a meme. Um, yeah, it's it. I was glad to watch this again. It really holds up. It's really fun. It's a it's a great thriller, you yeah. know, and I think NPH aside, the rest of it is so well cast. You actually were talking about that last night when we started talking about, you know, Neil Patrick Harris probably didn't read for this role. He was probably just offered this role. It's not so later like no, this is a better idea on paper than an execution. But like that these are the people who thought we should get Tyler Perry for this lawyer like and that's. Tyler that Perry, was great casting. has a billion-dollar industry with his film mm-hmm. production company and all the films that he's churning out. I'm like, he makes so much money. Like, he doesn't need to do things like this. And he's not. it's not like after Gone Girl that he's been popping up in other people's projects I don't know how a, much Tyler Perry cares about that. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But I'm glad that they thought about him because I would never have thought of Tyler Perry no, for but this. what a delightful energy yeah. in the movie. Definitely. You know? Um, I think that they cast the the college girlfriend really well. Like she like the and and they commented on it. They have um, Amy talk about when she sees her on TV. Like she's like, that is this girl. She says some words I won't say on this podcast. (laughs) But then she's like, and now she's dressed like a Mennonite, you know? Right. I will say uh, that Ben Affleck got her cast. He suggested her to David Fincher. He suggested her to because she is in the music video to Robin Thicke's Blurred Lines. Oh. Well, I mean, I've seen it too. I've I've watched it. Now I, yeah, well. And apparently she was like so like hungry to learn from David Fincher on the movie. Like she was like, I am here to act. I didn't really look her up to see her other acting credits prior to this film. But I think she does a great job yeah. in this limited role. I think, I mean, you're just shaking your head. The entire scene when you first meet her. I mean, and that's also how you, how where Ben Affleck is just like it's really well done that you're like this shouldn't happen because she looks so young regardless yeah. of how old she is. That's an example where you need some you need Amy to look old enough to where it's not weird and also so that the college girlfriend can seem so inappropriately mm-hmm. young. You know, yeah. like that Amy is like that's another thing is Rosamund Pike like someone is who a had bit- no business being in a bar such a good line but like she reads as an adult she's she's a bit of a cipher as right. far as like yeah i don't quite know how old she is but like she's an adult she's just she's probably been an adult since she was 12 but she's an adult you know mm. as yeah. opposed to like someone who's just like reads super young like that was the thing with natalie portman honestly that gives me the most pause is she just reads so young looking at her face even though she is a grown-up and that's for me with rooney mara because i think social network was 2010 so only mm. four years prior to this where she's in college you yeah, know yeah uh which yeah i, I think makeup it... can do a True. lot but only so much because part yeah. of it is just energetically as well you know yeah so flynn pike and tyler perry have all expressed interest in doing a sequel but flynn said she would only do it if fincher and all of the main cast were involved so no word from ben affleck or david fincher if they would be interested but i'm like what would that even be 
Well, Gillian Flynn is a mastermind of plotting. This is true, but I just so. want to speculate. Is it going to be like, so they have this kid? Is oh, this yeah. like gone? Is this going to be gone, baby, gone? Baby, gone, baby, gone, baby girl. Gone, baby girl? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What I want, imagine, okay, so it's just like the teaser trailer. And it could be very like obscure. It's like you don't know like what's going on, like what's happening so far. And you see like gone girl two. The two fades away. Girl fades away. That N and the E fade away. You're just left with go. Now it's, it's Margot's story. Gone girl two. Margot's revenge. Maybe she's faking her. She's plant. She's trying to frame Amy. Amy's as if Amy murdered her. her. Ooh, Carrie Coon vehicle. Come on. Yeah, have her be the lead and then like Ben Affleck and Rosamund Pike are like the supporting characters Mm -hmm. or like, I don't know, maybe her and Ben Affleck are trying to like now frame Amy for the murder, the murder of their kid or something. I don't know. Well, well, but pretend. Or maybe it's like trying to do the (laughs) prince. Not really. It's not real. And it's also all a movie, so it's all pretend. I know, but Um, just thinking about like the, yeah, maybe is it them trying to get her somehow for the murder of desi like is there a way to prove any of it you know oh yeah as if like from the grave she's getting notes from desi desi has a diary i was thinking like if this was a lesser film if this was a film like from the 90s i could almost guarantee that the end because it is such a bleak what a like nihilistic end for these two to like we're gonna stay together like this is Mm -hmm. marriage and in some ways it is what they each want yeah um mainly for nick because he does want a a kid um but i could so see in any other film Margot kills amy at the end Mm -hmm. in like to save nick or or it's like after she gives birth she has the kid and then she kills and she goes and then she goes to jail for the killing of amy and now nick has his child but is rid of amy and it's poetic justice and blah and i could so i so see so many like 90s type thrillers where you're like that's like oh wow but I'm glad that it ends the way it does in such a much more effed up way. Well, yeah. And also, I'm sorry, but the book and screenplay were written by a woman who's not like, I'm going to have this sister sacrifice herself for the brother to the, you know, it's just like, no, no, sorry, no. <laughs> not sorry. No. Amy Jo. Jeffrey. What are you recommending this week? I'm thrilled you asked. I'm recommending a podcast uh, called Snap Judgment. It's been on for years. I've been a listener for years. For some reason, I keep thinking of recommending new things. And it's like, why not recommend things that have been around that you can derive (laughs) hours of enjoyment by going through their back catalog? Um, This is hosted by a guy named Glenn, Glenn Washington. And it's a storytelling podcast. I don't know. It's really great. There's usually like three stories and episodes sometimes glenn narrates them and uh, they have like a soundscape or sometimes it's a person like telling their own story but they're they're also known for their like halloween themed episodes they have like a whole spooked kind of thing and it they're some are really scary and spooky um but they're they're all year round like these are so well curated they're fascinating and you just listen to things you're like Kind of like if you're listening to like This American Life, where you're like, I know, I guess I'm listening to this thing about a guy who stole birds, you know, like, <laughs> didn't think I'd be into it, but now here I am, and I like it. Like, it's, now I'm obsessed with these birds. Now I want to, I don't know, I want to see these feathers. Who took um, these birds? Where are they? Which, listener, if you're 
And if this American Life listener, you know what episode I'm talking about. And isn't it so good? Anyway, uh, so this is Snap Judgment. Strong recommend. And also because it is like a storytelling podcast, you can listen in any order you want. There is no no point at which you have to jump in. You can just be like, I'm starting here. This sounds interesting. Love it. Jeff. Amy Joe. What you recommending this week? I'm going to recommend the 2020 film Alone. Uh, it's this very bare bones drama thriller about this recently widowed woman who is mid travel, mid a uh, move, and gets into this like road rage ish altercation. She just starts getting stalked by this guy. It's like it's pretty much this this woman being hunted by this guy, uh, but it's like such a premise that we've seen a million times. But the protagonist is so smart, so you're seeing like this wonderfully smart capable person like still like getting outfoxed and then having to like outfox it's just like two very it's just a great cat, cat and mouse game is what it is uh it's just i don't know this actress this actress jules wilcox and this guy mark menchaka and then a little tiny supporting turn from our favorite anthony healed little tony healed who we love as fred from uh fred chilton from the uh sounds of the lambs and who we know and love in real life but yeah i want to recommend alone uh, I just came, it's, I think, I don't know if it's a Hulu original or if it just dropped on Hulu, but it's there now. If you want to check it out, uh, I had, I had a blast. It's so straightforward. It's like a 90 minutes you're in, you're out and, uh, it's a lot of fun. So check out alone. And that's what we're recommending this week. Da, da, da. Do you have a movie that you'd love for us to break down the casting of? Email us at endalmoststarring at gmail.com and let us know. You can find us on Instagram or Facebook at and almost starring. And if you're enjoying the show, please drop by iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review so that other people can help find the show too. Share the love, baby. It's Valentine's Day. It is Valentine's Day. And listener, won't you be our Valentine? We and, love and give you. Give us five stars we for Valentine's you. Day. We love you, listener. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And thanks for joining us to see Who Almost Starred. <laughs>